My Love of Life Energy is a podcast created by Anna Scott. Anna knows that every human being sees life uniquely. In this podcast, she will talk to people and learn from them. These conversations are to shine the brilliance of each human being she speaks to. Join her. After each exploration, you will expand on your insights and see truth and beauty. Good morning and welcome to my podcast, My Love of Life Energy. And today, I really have the honor of speaking with Sandra Koenig. And I met Sandra through, uh, again, Michael Neal's super coach. And Sandra was on staff there. And God, the thing, <laughs> one of the things that I love about Sandra is that she listens. And she listens probably deeper than any person I've ever met. And it is such, if you get lucky, you get to be coached by her and you get to be listened by her and then be seen by her because she truly listens and sees people. So with that, welcome, Sandra. It's just an honor to have you here. Oh, thank you. That was a lovely introduction. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really curious, how did, um, I, I'm curious, why did you become such a good listener? I think that I was always a good listener. It's why people encouraged me to become a coach. Mm. And, and then in my initial training as a coach, my initial training was at the Coaches Training Institute. They do a lot of focus on listening and levels of listening. And that impacted me quite a lot. I realized how often I was in my head thinking about what I was going to say versus just being present and listening. Mm. So from the get-go as a coach, my focus was always to be empty and just take in what people are saying and then see what occurs to me, but to not be ahead of them in the conversation in some way or trying to drive the direction of the conversation. Wow. And, and what have you seen? What's the word that I want to say? I'm curious, what have you noticed? When you're listening that way, what do you notice that you don't notice when you're not listening that way? There's so much information and contact in the quiet. that I don't have to worry about what I'm gonna say. It's all there for me. You know, it comes from that deep connection to wisdom that we all have, but it arises in those moments of quiet and of presence. <laughs> I know you know this, you're a good listener too. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> That's kind of the heart of our friendship. <laughs> Well, I agree, and but I could just feel when you um, dropped into the quiet, you said, it's all there. And I, I'm curious, can you speak more about that? Because I think people would think that's crazy talk. Well, when our minds get quiet, which isn't anything we can really control. 
when they get quiet, there's just, there's a different level of knowing that's possible. That's all I ever want for my clients to find that place where they can settle and see more, see more deeply, have their own knowing, not my knowing. I'm happy to share what I see, but I think it's more important that, that for clients that they see, like what's there for them when they encounter that quiet, when they, when they bump into a new thought, mm. what's available to them from there. Essentially, I was thinking about this before the call. I feel like our job is always to take people off into that realm of the formless because that's where everything arises from. And it kind of sounds abstract, but it's going beyond what we know into that realm of not knowing. When we open to that, there's so much potential, there's so much possibility, nothing looks like a problem. It might be a challenge. And, we're, and we can be curious about how am I gonna handle this? But there's a lot of grace and ease that's possible when we're tuned into that. I, I'm curious, why do you think, You know, like I, I'm beginning to see that that place is where all the gold is. It's like, go there. Anytime you like you're lost, like just get quiet and go there. But why do you think people don't go there more often? Habit. Hmm. Our, our busy minds, we think that the content of our busy minds has meaning. So we believe our thinking, we, I mean, I think it's hilarious. And I still think, I still have a good laugh on occasion with clients about this. When you start to see that most of what goes through your mind is meaningless, it's hilarious. Like some of the stuff <laughs> my mind does is hilarious. The, and it finds insidious new ways to give the same messages to me. And, you know, I don't think I'm unusual about my worthlessness or, you know, don't do that, blah, 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 <laughs> because if you do this or that. And it's just, I don't like to call it the ego. I think it's just the busy mind, the busy mind doing what it does best. I love that, that most of what's in our mind, our thinking is meaningless. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I, I've heard that or kind of known that, but when you're saying it right now, I can see how clearly you see it. I, I see it. You know, and of course I have my days when it all feels real and like, oh my God, I, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm caught in that whirlwind of thought too. Of course, I'm human. I don't think we can get beyond that. But in my clear moments, it all feels like a big joke and... And I like to think of thought as the only thing that it's important for is it kind of shows me where my awareness is or where my consciousness is. Like if I'm in a bad mood, I, you know, I know that we live inside the feeling created by our thinking. And we hear people in the principles say that over and over. But sometimes I'll wake up and I'm in a bad mood and I get curious about what it was I thinking. Like it originated there. So all it is 
that to me, that's one of the, the usefulness of it is just to reflect on like, what was I thinking? Because I created that feeling. Mm. <laughs> it's so radical what you're saying. Well, I think it's why it's interesting to coach from the perspective we both coach from because it's very disruptive to people's personal paradigms. So people have to either be at such a, a, a place of struggle if they're ready to see something new or they just love change. If there's some, there has to be that willingness and openness in a world dismantled and reorganized in such a better way. I mean, it was life-changing for me, this understanding. I went from somebody who struggled with depression my whole life to, you know, having a down day here and there. But it doesn't, it doesn't have that grip on me anymore. Can, I mean, Sandra, can you say more about that? Because that's, I mean, that's wild. I mean, that is, that is so radical in our culture. Well, for me, I, I, I grew up, I had what some would say kind of extraordinary trauma as a child. And it creates an internal world or a personal psychology that responds to the world in a certain way and, and sees the world more as a threat or, you know, I just, I was in that victim consciousness. That's the simplest way to put it. And to realize you know, and I think it's an ongoing process of years and years of seeking. The more present I was, the more in the present I was, the more in the past all of that was. Like I'm still aware that I had trauma as a child, but it feels like it's way in the past and I have to kind of focus on it to remember it. Like I'm not bringing it forward in my thinking the way I used to. Oh my God. I have this image of um, wagons of thought or experiences, like pull, pulling the wagons of your experience with you at all time. Yeah, and just unhitch it, it and leave yeah, it behind. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. And then it's like, oh, I got, I can go back and get it and bring you it take forward. a picture of it and look at the picture once in a while. <laughs> it's not real, it's a photo. <laughs> but you can see that. Yeah. and. And for me to see, like one of the things when I was going through Super Coach Academy, like we've both been students, I, I worked for Michael for a while, but then when I was a student, one of the biggest insights I had, and I think this is kind of hilarious, but I went out for drinks with some friends at the end of the night and I got there a little late and people were already drinking and I sat down on this big long table of people and this woman I didn't know very well sitting across from me stood up. Maybe she didn't stand up. I don't know if she stood up, but she put a glass in front of me and then started pointed a red a bottle of red wine at me and just kind of nicked the glass and poured the wine into my lap. And we have, <laughs> she and I have different versions of this story, but it doesn't matter. Because in that moment, <laughs> I had this incredible insight. I'm so grateful for her for however much wine or however it happened. But I could see the neutrality of events. And that rippled back through my life like that. There was a way because oh, wow. of the kind of trauma I had, I took it personally. I felt like the universe was against me. But in that moment, I could see it was just proximity. It would happen to anybody in that family, in that configuration, 
born into a female body. It wasn't personal. Nothing's personal. When stuff happens to us, it's not personal. I, um, I had chills running up and down my body when you just said it's not personal. It's a neutral event. It was life-changing for me. I am so grateful to this woman. But you saw it. And I remember the whole, everybody at the table is all freaking out because I've got wine in my lap. Luckily, I had on black jeans and, you know, nothing. I had just bought this gold coat that I really loved. And I was worried about the coat getting wine on it. That was the only anxious thought, like, oh, picked up the coat. And I just felt like I was in the state of grace and like, who knows where that comes from? It was just that moment where like, it felt meaningless and like, not a big deal. And I kept encouraging people to calm down. I was fine. In fact, I was great. (laughs) 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 That was a great moment in my life. And so there became this joke of everybody wanted wine thrown on them to see what would happen. But I think there are those moments in life where we're paying attention, like where we see things that can be life-changing if we really let them in. I loved, um, you said earlier, you said, bumped into a new thought. Like you, and that's what happened is you had a new thought and you, you let it in. But I saw the truth of it. Yeah. Like we each know our own, like for me, when I experience truth, I feel it in my body. And I wouldn't say, we have different ways of knowing truth. That's how I know it. I can feel it. I could feel the truth of it. And I could feel the hope in that, like that, that all the shit that happened to me as a kid didn't mean anything about me. I had had people telling me that for years, but to finally deeply know it really deeply know it. It feels like um, in that moment, all this thinking that you had or whatever the shells, like imagine this shell around a person just gets shattered. Yeah, and life begins anew. Wow. I've had moments where I wished, oh, I'd had that, I'd had that understanding when I was younger, but if we trust that life has I feel like life always has our back it's taking us on some journey and that was the perfect moment for me to see that God Sandra I I, I think about people struggling and back and forth and just spinning in their head and I can't imagine like what it would be like to have them sit with you for a moment and just feel this, feel this deep knowing. Now, what's interesting is that you, um, this newness in this, whatever this intelligence is, you've used it in your art, I believe, like you dance in that and with your art. Can you talk about that at all? Sure. I, I I read something recently. What was I reading? I can't even remember. I read quite a lot. A lot of an avid reader. And they were talking about artists in the Renaissance kind of infusing their work with the divine. 
and they had a word for it. I don't know what the word was. And I resonated with that. I felt like that's what I want, even though I paint in a very modern and abstract way. I want people to feel something when they see my paintings. It's just some little remembrance of the divinity of who they are. I don't know if that happens, but that's my intention. And so when I'm painting, my intention also is to, to be in contact with the divine and let it guide me. Oh, wow. And, and how do you notice whether you're being guided or whether you've taken over the reins? Well, sometimes time disappears. I think that's a normal thing for people in flow. When you're in that state of connection, there's no Sandra, there's just something, there's this energy that's painting. And at other times, because for many years, I, I helped facilitate process-oriented painting classes. And I was also a student of that for many years. And, and in that process, you get to know your creative process. And I know when I'm stepping out of my comfort zone, my mind goes crazy. I share this a lot with clients. When I'm getting ready to do something that's a little risky in a painting or in life, like the mind goes nuts. So if, if and I learned to paint through that, to just be like meaningless, meaningless, the brush keeps moving. Okay. What you're saying, um, say that again. So when, when you're doing something new, well, like in a painting, let's say I'm going to yeah. take a risk. Like I kind of, through the pandemic, my paintings changed. They became very kind of blocky and linear. And I think that was some of, you know, feeling the confinement of sheltering in place was being reflected. And I like painting more loosely, like the painting that's behind me now as we are talking. Anyway, but I, I can feel when I'm painting when something different wants to come out or I get the sense like, I've painted something that looks very serene and I have the urge to like scribble on it. And then my, my mind can't make sense of it. That, that desire. It, it often just goes wild. It wants to stop me. and like, don't do that. You'll ruin it. And I, and I've learned to not, not trust that, that the busyness of my mind or the critical, the little critical, you're going to ruin the painting <laughs> whatever it speaks in there I learned to not trust that and it's just a painting <laughs> I don't think we can do anything wrong I think it's the same in life like that that we get afraid of trying stuff because like how are we going to look or whatever and instead like just try it yeah so what if you get embarrassed it'll you know 10 minutes later you'll be fine <laughs> oh my god i i think if um that piece that you're talking about there it's like the energy is trying to do something new mm -hmm. and it bumps up against our thinking and because you can see that it's just thought it's not what did you say it's it it, it, it has no meaning it's not it has real. no meaning that you don't listen to it. So it allows the newness to come more freely, more freshness, more aliveness. 
Yeah. Probably where life wants to take you. Yeah. Things can look really so real. Our thinking can make dilemmas we're dealing with. Like I think we both know this as a coach. The minute you think your client actually has a problem, you can't help them. Yeah. If you're not sitting in that place where, where there aren't problems, you can't help them see that. There are things we need to deal with in our life, of course. It's interesting the other day, you know, the whole car thing, when I got a new car, I bought a really nice car and um, I was looking at the money in my bank account and, and I heard all this crazy thinking and I didn't listen to it, but it was like, it was, it was loud. And I just hadn't heard, I didn't understand what was going on until right now. I was doing something new. It was out of my normal, blah, blah, blah. Well, I think we also have to learn to discern. I'm not saying this for you, but, but there are times when wisdom is coming through and we don't want to hear it. Yeah. And I we have that's... to learn to discern what, what is, what's coming from that quiet place that's really neutral, that knows what's best for us and what's coming from the busy mind. Right. Mm. My God. What's been one of your favorite um, client stories? Like how they, what, when they woke up and see, would you mind sharing one? You know, I don't have one right off the top of my mind. I didn't come prepared with a story. I, I don't know why a... I'm drawing a blank, but I am. Well, I know I, I, I know that they're there. The other thing that I know is that I'm curious about this because you also help people with their branding. And I see that this is the same thing. And when you're looking at branding, you're looking at something similar. Can you, you, can you talk to that? Sure. I mean, from, before I became a coach, I worked for many years branding very large companies. And running teams doing that. Like by the, by the time I left that world, I was often getting hired to come into agencies and put together a team and then run these very long, large branding jobs. And it was an interesting thing to do. I kept wondering like, why? Like I was given access to some of the, the best minds in business through doing that. Because when, when the company's rebranding, you go in and they tell you everything about their company. And often there's, they're at a critical juncture when they need to rebrand. They've either done something wrong and they're trying to create a new image or something about their business has changed. And the, the image that they're putting forth, which isn't just the logo, it's, it's, it's all the messaging, isn't accurate anymore. So I was given all this insider knowledge for years. You sign an NDA, so you can't talk about it. I think that's why I don't have a client story. I hold confidentiality oh, very close to heart. Um, and I don't know how to talk about people without revealing something yeah. about them. Um, yeah. 
but I had, I have good training and confidentiality because I signed so many NDAs all those years. I worked as a creative director. Anyway, and it, when I learned the three principles, I can remember the moment I was, I was having, I was listening to Aaron Turner talk about business and the principles. And I just, all of a sudden I, I realized like, oh, what I've been seeing for years, like I always had a sense of which companies were going to make it and which weren't. And the ones that felt like they could weather any storm, there was a deeper alignment to wisdom, to what we might call mind and the principles. There was this deep alignment. So when I became a coach and someone suggested that I bring coaching into the branding world, I was sort of pissed off. But then I started to see how I could use that conversation as a way, a different way to bring, bring people or businesses into a deeper alignment with wisdom, with oh divinity, God. with that deeper place of knowing. So that process, even though it's a little more concrete and a little more of the world of form, is still pointing to the same place that I do when I coach. I spend most of my time coaching these days. I don't do so much of the branding work anymore, but it's the same conversation. It's just the doorways through, through a business conversation. All I can say is whoever gets you, they're very lucky. <laughs> You're very kind. Thank you. I'm not. I love, I, just... I love my work. I love, I love seeing people or business people or leaders just wake up to the truth of who they are. And, and give themselves permission to be that, including in business. Yeah, you're gold. So Sandra, um, we're coming to our end and I wanna make sure people can find you. Where do they find you? If they wanna buy your art, get your coaching, get help my, with their branding. <laughs> my website is just my name, Sandra uh, Koenig. It looks like Koenig, K-O-E-N-I-G.com. And my painting website is sandrakanigart.com. How wonderful. And this will all be listed on um, the bio. So rest assured it's there if you didn't catch it. But I can't thank you enough. I have loved this conversation. It's always. Thank you. It was it, fun. Yeah. Nice to it talk really with is. you. Thank you. Thank you.